Hey, Fit Town fam, welcome to another Fit Town show. I'm Coach Andrew, joined by Coach Austin today. And today we're gonna to be talking about how to help you guys build the perfect home gym. There's a lot more people are training at home. Maybe you're back in the gym, but you're like worried about the next time you might have to train at home again, um, or you're still at home and you're looking to buy some equipment and trying to figure out, um, number one, where you can find equipment right now because it's super hard to find. But if you do find something, what stuff do you jump on? What are the things that are like non-negotiables, 100% you should buy versus things that you should maybe wait for and wait for the stuff that is um, more important, more versatile. So um, we wanna talk about kind of how to think about the, the home workout experience in terms of how to assess what equipment you need and what you don't. Um, we also wanna talk about, we have the new follow along workouts as well and what things might help you do those really well. And the, the podcast really aligns with that, how we think about and program our follow along workouts really lines up with the equipment that we would recommend for most people to get. Um, so let's start by talking about some of the things you wish, should be considering at home in that training experience. Number one is costs. You wanna be thinking about how much am I willing to spend for that, that home gym? Number two would be space. Am I do, do I have a garage? Is my garage filled with a bunch of other crap in it? Um, how versatile is the equipment that I'm buying? Do I get one or two exercises out of it? Do I get 10 to 20 to 30 exercises out of it? Um, every piece of equipment is gonna be different and weighing that cost versus versatility. And then how often do you wanna train at home? Is it just like once a month when um, you can't get to the gym, you don't have a lot of time, um, might, might be during a shutdown, you're doing it a lot more, but think about long-term, like how often would you wanna train at home and how much is that investment worth to you? Because, I mean, if it's something that you have the ability to train home, at home for the next 10 years, then spending $1,000 to build out a decent home gym, I mean, even if you get you know one workout a month for the next 10 years, like that's gonna pay off. Um, so we're, we're also thinking about that and the space it's gonna take up. Um, so let's go, let's go right in and talk about um, just kind of the levels that we think you should start with. Um, we kind of broke it down to a basic level, a more of a full home gym level, and then more of like a high-end level, all right? So where do you think someone should start, Austin, and what are, what are some of your, your go-to pieces of equipment? Yeah, so if, you know, taking all the things into account that we, we just spoke about, um, I think you can start very basic and still get a lot of fitness in. So when I think basic, I think dumbbells, a set of dumbbells, a jump rope, maybe a mat if I want to do some sit-ups on that <laughs> instead of the, the garage floor or whatever and then you know something maybe to jump on and I think with that little group of equipment I can do a lot of things and I know with like our fit town follow-along workouts you can do all of them yeah um, so if if this is a thing that's like you know I still heavily like plan to go back to the gym or this is just a very temporary thing that's where I would start. And honestly, you can't go wrong with just having a pair of dumbbells and a jump rope at the house in case yeah. you never know, like maybe the kid throws up right when you're leaving the house. You're like, maybe I can't go to the gym today. Like you can still get in a good sweat. Um, so yeah, as far as very basic package and something that can do a lot, those are the little things. Yeah, I dumb, dumbbells are just so hard to beat mm -hmm. because it takes up the, so little amount of space. You could do it whether you're in a garage or in just a bedroom, a living room somewhere, an apartment building. You can really do it anywhere. Yep. 
Um, you can do two dumbbell movements. You can do single dumbbell movements if you just want to grab one of them. And yeah, you do pretty much every movement in the book with that. And then, you know, you have the jump rope, you have like a cooler or something to, to step on or jump on. And you have like, you can pretty much do every yeah. remote workout that we program and do it really well. Um, weight wise, I think this is a big place that people get caught up with dumbbells. I'm a big fan for like men, I would say 30 to 45 pound dumbbells for women, maybe 20 to 35 pound dumbbells, maybe 15 to 30 pound dumbbells. I'm a big fan of just one being on the lighter side because you're going to be able to do a lot more movements, but not too light because if you get too light, then your certain movements like deadlifts and squats, which are like our really biggest bang for their buck movements are going to feel like kind of pointless yeah and you have to find that nice sweet spot and the thing that i have i want to remind people is that you have the ability to go to one dumbbell so if you're if let's say for a thruster which is a movement you probably don't want to use a lot of weight for you could take if you have 25 pound dumbbells you could take the 25 and grab both ends of it and do 25 pound dumb, dumbbell thrusters where you could hold both 25s for deadlifts and squats and do 50 pound deadlifts and squats. I think a lot of people forget about that. And I think on the opposite end of that is they forget that they can add tempo and make things a lot mm, harder. Yeah. Uh, I know uh, Coach Nick had a podcast on the Fit Town Show where he talked about like how important tempo is in time yeah. under tension. So if you're on the opposite end of that where you think your weights are maybe too light for some things, don't forget you can always make it way harder by going yeah. slow. For sure. Um, cool. So now I want to advance to what I would consider more of the the full home gym experience, which is just that next step up from just like the real basic setup. And this is someone that likely has a garage to fit some of this stuff in. They have some room to move and they wanna be able to have what feels like the, the in-gym experience at home. And I think that obviously if you're an FTX CrossFit type person, this is where you wanna to go to the barbell. You know, you wanna get your, your Olympic bar, 45 for men, 35 for women, and you want to get some plates on there. And a lot of people forget about with the plates, plates are versatile on their own where you can do plate ground to overhead, you can do Russian twists, you could do plate hops, maybe you don't have room for the jump rope, you can do plate hops in there. You can do an overhead plate sit up. There's a lot of things you can do with just the plate on its own that then might replace the need for a dumbbell or a kettlebell and you could just use the bar and the plates for a lot of stuff. Yeah, so yeah, I would agree with that. The, the bars and plates definitely come next, and I think another big thing that I would add onto that is something that you can hang from. Um, so whether that be rings you can hang from, your garage somehow, or a tree in the backyard, or even getting a, a, a rig spot, which we can talk about that, like a small rig yeah. spot, but something you can do things like pull-ups on, toe -to bar on, maybe it has a squat rack, which would be even better, because now yeah. you have multiple uses for it. Um, but I think that would be included in like that next little yeah, tier. Yeah, let's stay on that. So if I don't have this yet at the house, but if I do buy something at, for my house, what I'm gonna buy is the exact wall-mounted rigs that we have under our mezzanine in the, the main south building there. Um, it's from a company called Titan Fitness and it's their X3 slim wall-mounted rack and it's an 18-inch connection to the wall. So it, the Squat rack sits 18 inches from the wall, but then it has a angled bar that sits like three feet from the wall. So if you want to kip on it, you have plenty of room where you're not kicking the wall behind you to do kipping on it. And it's 249 crazy. with free shipping. So it's so cheap to, to have. Obviously you got to install and wall mount it yourself, but that's what I would recommend for a lot of people. 
Um, I've also had a doorway one at my house. So you just get off of Amazon. And I think they're probably like 50 to 75 bucks. Those work great. I would only do strict stuff on there. I would not do any kipping. But you could also get rings as well. Combine that with a doorway. Combine that with a tree. I think rings is probably one of the most underrated things and one of the things that people don't think to get. But if you had literally a sturdy tree branch, even if that tree branch is at an angle, you can adjust the rings so the rings are even and you could do strict pull-ups. You could even do some light kipping on there. You could do ring dips, ring rows, FLR holds, ring push-ups. You can do so much with a set of rings. So I would say if you have a steady pull-up bar, grab a set of rings no matter what, because they're like 50 bucks for the nice wood rings, pretty cheap. But if you don't and you want that pull-up bar experience, you could potentially combine rings with a door-mounted bar or something like a sturdy tree branch. Yeah, and to go back to the, the rig space, um, that option that Drew gave is like by far the most cost-efficient rig I've honestly ever yeah. heard of. Um, 249 for a rig that's that sturdy and that nice is crazy. Um, if you do have space as an issue, there are rigs that go into the garage that can fold, um, which is also mm, an option. Yeah. That is just going to be a pretty big price bump. I'd say yeah. those will start at like five, 600. Um, but if this is something that you want to, you know, use for a long time and space is an issue, those are another kind of rig you guys can look into. It looks the exact same, but you can fold it um, to put it away against the wall and then it only takes up like like four inches or three to four inches, I think. So yeah, those are, those are cool. I don't know if they're, I think they're a little less stable than yeah. the um, wall mounted or even some of the heavy duty non-wall mounted ones that are just really stable based on pure weight. Like, yeah. um, they're really heavy. So, um, but yeah, those are, those are good options, especially if you need to park a car in there at times yeah. and then pull it out. Um, in terms of barbell and plates, I want to talk about the plates. A lot of people ask about that. If I was recommending for most guys, I would recommend a, a pair of 45s, 25s, 10s, and then fives and two and a half. So I think the fives and two and a halfs add a lot of versatility to what you can do for not a ton of additional cost. And then for women, I would recommend 25s, 15s, 10s, fives, two and a halfs for that set. Because if you get all of it on the bar, you're gonna end up with a lot of weight, but it gives you a lot of versatility to hit a lot of those in-between weights. And what we found, I mean, this isn't true for everybody, but we've just found that most people at home tend to like to be in and out more. So they're using lighter weights, a little bit more cardio. They're doing a little less strength training because that, that strength training is a little bit slower, a little bit more drawn out, and they wanna kinda get in and out and maximize that time. Is there a type of plate you would recommend for at-home use more than others? Um, I don't know if I have a specific plate. Um, I, I, I would just get a, a bumper plate. Make sure you get a bumper plate, yeah. um, something that can be dropped versus a metal plate. The fives and two and a halfs can be metal and you're not gonna find really bumper fives and two and a halfs, but definitely make sure you're getting bumper plates. But realistically for the use you're gonna have at home, it's just not gonna compare to what we, the amount of repetitions we put on our equipment in the gym and stuff still lasts for four, five, six years, sometimes more, um, you know, the repetitions you're gonna do at home. The biggest fear at home would be kind of the rust yeah. on the barbells and them not spinning over time. But I think that's, you know, I wouldn't spend $500 on a bar. Bar, you're looking to spend women, low 200s, men, it's gonna be like 30 bucks higher, 250 for that. I would just stick with that range. I wouldn't overspend for the $350, $1,000 bar. It's not worth it. Yeah. 
Um, I was, I was going to say the exact same thing as far as plates go. Like, if, if you know you're going to have to do, like, outside use and the driveway use, like, you just, you can't beat a rubber plate. And buying something like those, the fancy competition plates, like, yeah. when those things hit one rock, like, there's now a chunk of it gone. So I would actually lean towards, like, the cheaper option in a plate. And then, of course, with the barbell, mostly for, like, an at-home use, there's, there's no, really no need to go with, like, the top-end barbells. Um, for a couple different reasons, but the big one being, if it's gonna be in your garage, it's gonna be an outside use thing, it's going to get beat up a little bit. Yeah. I priced everything out on most of the bars and plates on Fringe Sport. So for the uh, barbell, it was like 250. The plates that I mentioned would be uh, 360 for men, 256 for the women, and then an additional $70 for the small change plates, the fives and two and a halves. So if you were to get like the, the, man, the men's set that I was recommending, You'd be spending about six eighty for barbell plates and change plates to do all that. Um, free shipping is a big deal with this, so that's one thing to pay attention to. Places like Fringe Sport is like free shipping all the time. Rogue, you're almost always paying for shipping. So Rogue is great, really high quality, but it's something to pay attention to. I think unless you're spending over five thousand dollars, you're not going to get free shipping almost never. So. Um, that is a big deal for any type of kettlebell, dumbbell, bumper plate, or bar where that shipping is going to get really high. Jump rope is something we mentioned that should be in it. Jump rope is just no brainer because it's so cheap. Yeah. 15 bucks at the most you're spending for that. Maybe you get an RPM rope. You want to be really cool. <laughs> um, if you don't already have double unders, don't buy an RPM rope. It's not going to help you get them. It's but not you, worth it anyway. Just buy the $15 rope. If you're good at them, maybe you can uh, get one. Um, in this gym, this is where I would probably upgrade my box from a cooler to like an actual box. Um, those are generally in the 100 to 120 range. If you're handy, you can buy them unassembled and put it together yourself and save 20 bucks. Um, but you know, that, that could be used for box jump step ups. And then elevated push ups is another one that people don't really think about, but is a, a big one for a lot of our athletes. Um, and then bands. Bands is something that really is not gonna make or break your home gym experience, kind of like the jump rope. It's just at such a nice price point that it can add a lot of value for the price point. So. Talking about bands, we're talking about the, the mini bands that we throw around the knees and the ankles when we do warm-ups in the gym. Um, the brand that we use is called Synergy. We buy them directly from Amazon. I think it's S-Y-N-E-R-G-E-E. -E -E. And then the pull-up bands, the longer um, bands that we'll use for warm-ups sometimes, mostly for upper body stuff, um, you can buy on Amazon as well. And they have um, packages you can buy with like the Synergy. You can buy a $30 package where you get like six different resistances of that band. And same thing with the pull-up bands, you can get four or five different resistances of those bands. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, some of the things that you might not think about with those stronger bands, so it's like, okay, I don't have a pull-up bar, could I really benefit from the bands? Would be, think, like, you can do so many movements. So you could do shoulder warm-ups, pass-throughs, pull-aparts, face pulls, if you can connect it to something. You can do pull-throughs, which is kind of resembling your kettlebell swing for the lower body stuff. You can do good mornings with that. You can do lateral steps with that. There's a lot of stuff that you can do with that, so it's not just pull-ups with that, but basically for 60 bucks, you get a full upper body and lower body set of bands there. And then really where we start to go from this home gym, because that's what I would say is that kind of wraps up your home gym to more of like an elite level gym where you've got all these toys is 
the cardio equipment. That's really what takes you from like amateur hour to like, all right, I got the real deal. <laughs> all right, so you wanna talk about the, the cardio stuff? Yeah, so um, I think you have to look at what you already own and then kind of make your decision based off that. Um, so yeah, the, the big pieces of equipment that we use in here is gonna be the ski erg, the bike erg, there's the assault bike, and then there's the rower. I guess those would be like the big, the big yeah. pieces we use. Um, but if you're at home and you already have a bicycle, like a road bike, like I, I wouldn't necessarily invest in an assault bike or a bike erg being my first purchase. I would lean more towards like the rower. Yeah. Um, and then if maybe space is an issue, maybe the rower is the one you, you don't go for. Maybe the bike erg is because it's a little bit more compact. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, the, the next step would be like um, if you plan to make this a, a very fancy gym, like which piece of equipment fits what you guys have available to use as far as space goes and then of course money goes um to make your home gym the best so yeah the concept too i mean as as someone that's dealt with their equipment from the the back end for years um i don't know if people at home realize how legit their equipment is like we put so much wear and tear on them and we've had rowers for eight years that we've had to replace one or two small parts I mean, honestly, for the first four or five years we had them, we did such a terrible job of servicing them and they still ran really well. Now we do a much better job and they run even better, but they're pretty hands off in an at-home environment. And the Concept2 rower is $900 plus shipping. The biker is a little bit more than that, um, but it's such an easy thing to have. And actually the rower needs more equipment in use, but it stores or needs more space in use, but it needs less space when stored it goes up you guys have seen them in the gym and it takes up almost no space so i love the rower i mean if you're someone that another thing to consider is how much you like running or if you have an injury that prevents you from running this might have to go higher on your list to get a bike or a rower but if you are okay with running or you like running you have a road bike and you buy a concept two rower you've got an amazing setup at home where you have three amazing cardio options at any given time and when we program our follow-along workouts we really are mindful of when we program the road bike or a bike option we try to do it for a longer chunk so that way you're not getting on and off on a bike for like a hundred meter bike like we're going to have you guys try to go out for a half mile chunk a mile chunk maybe a two mile chunk so that way it's not this weird like on and off of this road bike you're just incorporating going around your neighborhood and then coming back and doing some other stuff on there um, to kind of go along with the uh, cardio pieces, I know I get asked a lot about uh, the Peloton bike, and I know that's been a pretty big thing as of recently, yeah. um, mostly with the whole COVID thing. A lot of people have made that purchase. Um, the thing I would say with that is, one, it's, I mean, it's fantastic if, if that's what you enjoy is biking. Like, I think they do a great job of creating this community feel through a, you know, a class through the screen. Um, but if you're planning to use that, but then also try to use it through our workouts, it may be a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, and then also when you're considering if if money is going to be an issue at any point, um, not only is it a pretty big upfront cost, cost it's also a monthly plan yeah. um, beyond that. I don't, I don't know exactly what it costs. Pretty like sure it's like 2000 for the purchase and then 40 bucks a month bucks, afterwards. Yeah. So. Um, which I, I am a big fan of Peloton, but yeah, that's the things you have to weigh because, right, if you're spending, if you're, what we found is that most people who are paying for a Peloton membership are paying for multiple memberships. Yeah. And it's, it's a part of a bigger thing. So if you would prefer like an in-person membership and our follow-alongs included in our in-person memberships, or if you're paying for just the follow-along 
and then you want to buy uh, more functional fitness equipment separately, I mean, you're, you're talking a $3,000 commitment for like 12 months, your first 12 months of Peloton, and then every year after is 480 bucks, you know, sort of every year. So it's just something to consider that if, if you are looking more long-term with that type of investment, you could be going for this elite home gym feel that we're talking about. And if you're someone who's also gonna be a member of the gym, you're gonna get access to our follow-along stuff. So you'll kind of have um, what, what I would consider more the best of both worlds. Even though I do, I do really like what Peloton's doing. And I've seen a lot of our athletes get fitter from doing Peloton, yeah. especially when the bike shows up in workouts. Like I can almost tell when someone has a Peloton at home, like, wow, this person's gotten pretty good on the bike. And um, it, it definitely works. So I'm a fan with it, but just weigh out your individual circumstance and how much that $40 is gonna weigh or take away from something else that you can get. Um, we didn't really talk, I wanna talk about some of the miscellaneous stuff that, that people consider and pretty much everything from here on out is more of a bonus than a need but probably the closest thing to a need would be some kind of like flooring yeah. and mats. Um, the ones that we have in the gym, this is the ones that we also recently sold that we picked up from another gym, are four by six mats. So four feet by six feet, they're three quarter inch thick. And basically one is enough for a single person. So if you're, gonna, if you're not gonna do your entire garage floor and you have two people at home, a husband, wife that might work out together, you really only need two of these four by six mats and you'll be able to have your barbell on that station. You could roll the barbell slightly forward, do double unders on there. You could put the jump rope down and do V-ups on there. Like it's gonna, it's gonna do that and you don't need multiple mats to pull that off. So I would encourage people to just go simple with that. Um, those are gonna be, I think full price new, they're gonna be close to $100 a mat. They're mm -hmm. pretty expensive, um, but it's, it can be nice for that and it can allow you to drop weight. So, you probably don't have to be concerned with a nice concrete base at your house of cracking your foundation. We have to be more concerned because the amount of people that are dropping consistently. So that's why we, re we really need the three quarter inches, but you guys could probably get home, get away with at home, some kind of rolled rubber that's closer to even as thin as a quarter inch, a half inch is probably that nice sweet spot of not too thick or not too thin. Um, but again, kind of think about it as either I'm either going to go all in, I'm going to do my entire garage and make it look really nice, or I'm just going to get a nice four by six set up for, for me and my wife or just me if it's me training alone. Yeah, and I think just to add on to what he said, it, it, it's just going to help the equipment stay a little bit longer, a little bit nicer, a little bit longer. Like the jump yeah. rope tends to fray pretty quick. Um, Luckily, you bought the $15 one, though. So I'm glad you brought that up. That is actually a big thing that many people have messed up is don't do jump rope on asphalt or anything with it. Yeah. Even concrete has a little bit of a texture to it and will tear it It'll up quickly. It'll eat the rope pretty quick. So like, like one to two workouts quick, like not yeah. like years and months, like one to two good workouts. You're like, oh, there goes that jump rope. Um, so some of the honorable mention stuff and some of this stuff ranks higher in people's minds. And I just want you to know why we rank it a little bit lower, like kettlebells, med balls, um, sandbags or slam balls, um, an ab mat. These are things that some people would consider essentials that I would not really throw in that category. So with the kettlebell, it's great. I mean, we, we love kettlebells, but when you think about what you can do with a good pair of dumbbells and the fact that you could do a dumbbell swing to mimic a kettlebell swing, which is really the best movement that a kettlebell brings to the table, it's hard to, it's hard to argue with buying the, the kettlebell. I would almost ra rather someone get a second pair of dumbbells so they have like 
uh, a moderate to light pair of dumbbells and then they have a heavier pair of dumbbells before they buy the the first kettlebell the kettlebell to me is more of a bonus item yeah and it, it, like you said like anything you can do with a kettlebell you can do with a dumbbell so it's I mean, I get that you can argue that you can do a lot of movements with a kettlebell, but even movements like a kettlebell clean or a dumbbell clean, the kettlebell clean brings this whole new level of complexity to the <laughs> yeah. movement that a dumbbell wouldn't. And most of you guys are doing this at home. Maybe there's some movements you're not as comfortable with. Adding complexity in any movement with no coach watching you probably isn't the best idea. Um, so that's one thing I would argue against the kettlebell for the dumbbell instead. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, and then for med balls... Um you know, there's most people, one, don't have a high enough ceiling to really do an, a wall ball really well. Although you can get creative. You can, you know, go outside, hit the side of your house. You could hit the side of a tree. You can obviously do it and pull it off. But a lot of times we're wanting to keep everything in a nice small space. And, yeah, you can do, like, brush and twist with a med ball. Actually, one really good thing if you have a med ball is you could throw it under your shoulders and go into, like, a glute bridge position and use it as, like, a bench for bench press. Um, so that way you're not like floor press is great as well, but you're going to bang your elbows before you can hit that full range of motion. So having that med bell under your shoulders is going to allow you to get that deeper bench press motion. So that's probably the one thing I'm like, Oh, I could see that if you're going to maybe opt for the med ball instead of the bench. Um, I forget the company. It might be X training or fringe sport. They have something called an immortal wall ball. So it's like your typical wall ball weights, similar wall ball size but it has the durability of a slam ball. So that's an interesting one. It's more expensive, so I don't know how that compares yeah. to just buying a separate med ball and slam ball, but if you want to be able to do some kind of slamming stuff, maybe you have a concrete wall that you want to do some like some explosive throws into, and then you also want to use that as a, a med ball for wall balls and things like that, that's another thing to consider for people. Yeah, and I think to just continue the point of why this is kind of an honorable mention is Anything you would do with a med ball, you would do with stuff you already have. Right. So, like, wall balls, okay, you could just do front squats or right. air squats. Light thrusters. Light thrusters, yeah. Um, Russian twists, if you have a dumbbell or a plate, you can do the Russian twists. So. Shout out to Mark, Mark Lamassi if he's listening. I always see him doing thrusters <laughs> with, like, the first time he did the thrusters instead of a wall ball, he did, like, 75 pounds or 95 pounds. I was like, Mark, that's that's not that's not comparable. That's way too heavy. <laughs> that's hard. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm, I mean, everyone likes thrusters more than wall balls, so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, Depends on the day. Yeah. Um, sandbags are also a fun thing. Again, this is something if you're just looking for these, these unique tools. A sandbag's cool because that can become, like, a heavy carry. Um, and I'm thinking about, like, the longer sandbags that have the handles on them. More, I would say more of, like, a military-style mm -hmm. sandbag. Um, you could do cleans with it. You could throw it on your back and run with it. You could front carry it. Um, so you start to get some versatility with that. But that's just more of a fun, unique thing that a lot of people have in their home gym. And what's cool about that versus in the gym is, like, we don't have stuff like that because it just absorbs sweat and dirt in yeah. here. So if you're the only one using it at home, it's just your sweat on it. Yeah. You know, you could, you could deal with that. <laughs> actually, one of our members, Rick, was telling me that um, he actually has a sandbag, and that's all he had during the quarantine. And... He's like, I didn't know how much it was going to weigh day to day because he just left it in the back of his truck. He's like, so it rained, it would be like 150 pounds, and the next day it'd be like 40. He's like, so I never knew what kind of workout I was going to get. It's like, I guess this is a strength day today. <laughs> yeah. Um, an ab mat's a small one. I mean, you could use an ab mat for sit-ups. I actually think the best use for ab mat is actually for, like, cushion, for, like, stretching stuff. Like, 
um, or split squats. Like you're gonna do split squats, you want a pad for your knee, maybe you need it for lunges. Um, you're doing couch stretch, you wanna use it for that. Like that's, I have one in my house and I use it more for that than I use it for actual sit-ups. Mm -hmm. um, but again, those, these are the things that the price point is, is on that lower end that you might just wanna accumulate some of these smaller tools to have at the house. And, and for most people with the ab mat, they use it because they get that like blister on their butt or whatever. And I would actually rather you see you use like a dumbbell or something on top of your feet and do more like an anchored setup where you're actually yeah. controlling the range of motion. Because what happens is with a ab mat, which we try to talk about in classes, is you start going so fast, your hips actually start leaving the floor and yeah. that bashing back <laughs> down is what's actually causing the, the right, rash the friction to pop on up. the ground there. Yeah, yeah, so if you can just slow the movement down a little bit, you actually get more core work and don't have to worry about that little blister. Yeah, and then another thing I would have people consider is crossover symmetry. So if you do invest in one of the rigs or you just wanna put some of the wall mounts into your wall, um, that can be a really good tool to have at home, especially if you've dealt with any type of shoulder, neck, upper back stuff. Um, it can be fairly inexpensive to have something like that, really good tool. And then we've had members that have really elaborate home gym setups where they're putting in bigger screen TVs wall mounted <laughs> on the wall. And um, actually one person had it and didn't realize they could do the follow alongs at home with it. And if you have like a Roku or you have the Fire Stick now, you can get access to apps on that TV, which if you have the YouTube app, you can use our links and get right to some of the follow alongs on there. And then you really have this uh, in-person class <laughs> experience where um, you know you have, you have big Austin on your wall. Oh yeah, it's the only <laughs> time I'm big. <laughs> um, but yeah, white, whiteboards, like what we're trying to do with the follow alongs is make it so you don't need a whiteboard, but that might be another thing to invest in is just something to write down warm-ups, write down workouts and things like that. But our, our goal with the follow-along stuff is to make it so you don't need that stuff. So you don't need a whiteboard, um, the music's on there so you don't need separate speakers and you just hit play and just go start to finish. Um, so yeah, anything else you want to add there? No, I don't think so. I think we hit everything. Cool. If you guys want to learn more about follow-alongs, we have a bunch of free ones posted on YouTube and then if you're on the remote membership, you get them every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we're hoping to add more days in the future as more people are using it. So thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you on the next one.